I'm John Gorman. The story the newsroom is following, and we're looking for updates from Estevan. Uh, the police service in that southeastern Saskatchewan city uh, expected, I would think, to be making a statement soon, but we'll uh, uh, wait to see. And uh, obviously our thoughts are with a seriously injured police officer this morning. Uh, all we know, Stars Air Ambulance did bring a seriously wounded police officer from Estevan Police Headquarters and an alleged assailant, also seriously injured. Both have been brought to hospital in Regina, and we're hearing that a chain of events began this morning at about 7 o'clock. A serious incident, according to EPS, an individual brought into custody, being processed at the police station at about 9.30 a.m., quote, an altercation took place between the individual and a police officer, resulting in serious injuries for both. So that's all we know. And uh, there was a lockdown for a time at the hospital as a precaution, and we'll be bringing you the very latest live as it's happening. So that's what we know. Oh, by the way, in Saskatchewan Smartest Radio listener, for those of you who said, and every time we go the full half hour, someone says, wait, I had to get out of my car and go do some life stuff. Uh, what was the answer? The answer, nearly 40 years old, this technology actually had the opposite the first time it was used to what everybody thought. DNA to be used for solving crimes, it actually exonerated a man who had claimed he killed a woman, but said he killed one woman, but not the second woman a year later. And of course, what had happened is DNA figured out the same person had killed both women and assaulted them sexually. So then they took his DNA and he wasn't that person. So later, uh, a local man who worked in the area was convicted of both of the murders, and that was done by... DNA. Uh, so it, this is what got me thinking. Blacklock's reporter, uh, interestingly enough, recently published this. And this is the kind of stuff Blacklock's do. They'll just extract really cool stories. The National DNA Data Bank Annual Report to Parliament. Not very controversial. It's just the report of the DNA Data Bank. In Canada, and this has been the case since the year 2000, Anyone convicted of violent offenses, sex crimes, murder, aggravated assault, hijacking terrorism, there is a DNA sample taken and put in the database. Our Canadian database has over half a million samples. Who knew? In the history of the database, over 85,000 matches to crime scenes have been identified. And just, and this is what the new news is, just in the past year, according to the RCMP, which manages the National DNA Database, 5,300 offender hits just in the last uh, year. So, who knew? Uh, And by the way, 67 human remains were identified in Canada in a year using the DNA database. So... This is kind of controversial. I don't know what I think of it. There's a part of me that says, what's the usual way we excuse the state when it wants to intrude on us? If you're not doing anything wrong, you shouldn't have any fear. Um, But I'm not sure that's always an out. So 
what Tom Korski at Blacklocks did was he reminded us of a Senate bill which was introduced in 2021. It's presently being moved through the Senate, being studied by a Senate committee. They want to expand the scope of DNA retrieval. So you remember I said if you commit murder, sex crimes, violent offenses, aggravated assault, they take a DNA swab? They want to expand it to any crime where you could face five years or more of punishment. Impaired driving, breaking and entering, theft over $5,000. What do you think? Even, as the media reminds us, mischief. Because if you proceeded by indictment, you could have 10 years in the pen. Not going to happen. But isn't that interesting? I don't know what I think about that. And generally, I don't share with you when I don't know what to think. I, I cogitate on stuff. I do a bit of reading. And then I go, darn it, that's a good idea. Or no, I don't like that. Intuitively, like like the smell test, taste test, I'm not sure I like it. But here's the rebuttal on the impaired driving. You remember the killing of that little girl, Christine Jessup, uh, in northern Ontario? where the next-door neighbor, Guy Paul Moran, was convicted. Remember, he was a bit of an odd duck. Uh, That was way back, uh, late 80s. He was convicted in 92. This, you know, he was just kind of the creepy next-door neighbor. He went down for murder, and later DNA testing exonerated him. He didn't do it. A man who had a record of drunk driving had done it, guy named Calvin Hoover. And had that been in the database, they would have been able to much sooner, obviously found out who it was. But again, remember, this crime happened on or about the period when DNA was just coming uh, into Canada with some frequency and some support. So who knows? Okay, it seems I might have spoken... (laughs) A little too soon on this. Remember yesterday, one of our listeners said, what happened to this obsession that our woke schools all had with Orange and Black Day? Uh, I think it was, forget it was a young mom. She said, my kid, my first child is finally in school. We dressed her up for Halloween at school. It was so good and so exciting. So maybe Orange and Black Day went away. Well, it turns out not so fast. And let me repeat what I said to her. We have some terrific people running school divisions and running schools. Many of them started as teachers, and they moved up the authority chain, the decision-making chain. Even many of the fabulous teachers in schools. We've got people who just do great stuff. But just because you are in an environment where education is valued and presumably the priority doesn't mean you don't have idiots. Walking, breathing morons. And they show up in the darndest places. And, of course, the whole orange and black obsession was one of them. Um, They even, what else have they killed off? Of course, Christmas. Uh, Valentine's Day, you know, because, oh, don't want love. Um, So, you know, all of these weird things, they think they're protecting children. 
and usually almost invariably to a person, they are white, middle class. They don't travel much. That's usually the tell. But they know better for newcomers and immigrants and everybody else. So, you know, there are idiots around. But I had just thought incorrectly, as I'm going to tell you the next story, that maybe we'd put all of this silly aversion to Halloween aside. Well, it turns out, and according to CTV, not everybody was spooky Halloween happy yesterday in central Saskatchewan at the Kenora Junior Elementary School. About a week ago, the parents were informed there wasn't going to be Halloween at the Kenora Junior Elementary School. The celebration of Harvest Day. Now, in modern times, if you want to celebrate harvest, you don't do that in October. You do that. Remember, Thanksgiving used to be the celebration of harvest. Now, with modern technology, the celebration of harvest can be done in late September. But don't let me bog you down with facts. No, the 31st of October at Kenora Junior Elementary School would be the celebration of Harvest Day. Dress up as farmers. <laughs> Many of the kids at the Kenora Junior Elementary School dress up as farmers every day because that's what they do. But don't get me started. Or dress up in fall colors. So the director of education and the CEO of the Good Spirit School Division, one Quinton Robertson, says the last couple of years they've noticed at the local level fewer and fewer students participating in Halloween. And the goal was to then have an inclusive, engaging family event where there'd be a learning opportunity for students to learn what goes into harvest and farming year-round. Apparently, uh, the chair of the Student Community Council, one of the kids says the kids come in, they take part in our fun activities, they play games, they have an educational experience. I hope kids have a fun afternoon and they can walk away feeling they were included. It doesn't matter if they have a costume or didn't have a costume. Everybody came here the same. Oh, that's nice that diversity, inclusion, equity is playing out in the student council body. Uh, One of the parents tells CTV, quote, I've never been more stressed about Halloween in my life before. I'm trying to explain this to a nine-year-old that has an older sibling in a different school where Halloween's going on as usual. You've got older kids doing it. You're talking to parents from other schools, same district. Halloween's going on as usual. And our school, the Kenora Junior Elementary School, is the anomaly. Now, lest I refer to Good Spirit School Division, GSSD, as the locus and the center of this outbreak of idiocy by idiots, it turns out, no, the decision to celebrate at the school as a harvest day was made locally and not by the school board. So that little bit rests with the actual Kenora Junior Elementary School. What's better than Orange and Black Day? Celebration of harvest, dress up like a farmer and talk about agriculture day. Lest somebody feel left out over costumes. <laughs> uh, by the way, are you, like, did your school bail this year? I don't, I, I thought so few schools bailed. I thought we had shamed them 
into just accepting Halloween for what it is. It's a fun day. Not everybody has to dress up. Not everybody has to even have a costume. You just get together, you hang up some spiders and spider webs and ghosts and ghouls, and you do that. 877-332-8255. This is 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. John Gormley, good to have you here. One of my spies at CJES helps me out, Kenora Junior Elementary School. Uh, this is the place that had Celebration of Harvest Day yesterday. Oh, it's EDI, it's equity, diversion, diversity, inclusion, right? That's it. Well, here was the uh, mail-out to parents, or the online Online mail-out, sorry, Facebook page. Kenora Junior Elementary is turning into a magical pumpkin patch on the afternoon of Tuesday, October 31st. We're excited to present a celebration of harvest and invite our students, parents, guardians to join us in this inclusive and engaging family event. We're so grateful that our farming community had a safe and bountiful harvest this fall. Why didn't you do that, do that at Thanksgiving? Okay. We want to celebrate all afternoon. There'll be games, prizes, treats, snacks, crafts, a photo booth, many other fun curricular linked activities. Mark your calendars and please plan to join the entire student body for a fun-filled afternoon. Dress in fall colors or honor one of our hard-working community farmers and look the part with overalls or jeans and plaid shirts. Uh, my spy says the longtime principal, Rod Stasiak, Retired last year. This is the new social justice, equity, equality, diverse principal who made the idiotic decision. Okay, so, you know, because that's the thing, when you're a change agent, see, we've laughed about this before, right? Everybody who comes in new, it's really a problem in government and larger institutions, huge. Every person who comes in says, well, I'm going to be a change agent. Well, did you need change? Like, what was so gaping in its cry for change that you coming in as the new social justice warrior EDI principal felt it had to change? I'm new. Okay, you're new. Continue the great work of Principal Rod. And, you know, do change where you do change. But, you know, that's a thing. So thank you to my spy in Kenora for that. Well, what is the thing that happens every year with Halloween costumes? Elaine, here's your chance as a Saskatchewan farmer to say it. <laughs> well, I think people probably are getting afraid to put a costume on for fear they'll be accused of cultural misappropriation. So I am going to uh, reserve my right to be indignant and to allege cultural misappropriation. I very seldom wear coveralls. I don't know too many farmers that wear a uniform. Uh, the Hutterite people uh, do dress alike, pretty much alike. But uh, other than that, not too many people do. So overalls, jeans, plaid shirts, cultural appropriation of farmers. Misappropriation. Okay. Well, it's also... Yeah. yeah. And, and one other thing, John... Uh, your story uh, with Professor Bill Wazer and, and the lady that was with him, that book is amazing, That what they're telling in there. So I'm wondering, do we look forward, and I don't look forward, to statues of Sir Wilfrid Laurier being taken down or smashed and so on? Of course not. 
um, Laurier was the first liberal prime minister, and he's a god. Of course. Now, the corruption in the Laurier government, uh, and this was the First Nations that actually had land not just surrendered and stolen. Uh, they actually document three senior officials in the Indian Affairs Department who would submit tenders through a law firm in Toronto. They made two million bucks uh, in modern day money. Just, And that was just on two little bands in Saskatchewan where they swiped 70 square miles of land. And, uh, yeah, no, the Laurier government has a lot to explain, but they will not be asked to explain because that's the Canadian way. Well, I am so excited. Like, how many people get excited about a needle? Well, every single year, 25 of this show, I get my flu shot on the radio, which is happening next. Then I'm also getting another shot, the COVID fall booster. Two arms, two shots. We'll do it live on the radio here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.